Hey, all you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herders. Welcome to this week's episode of Faking Star Wars Radio. We are the only official podcast of FakingStarWars.net. We got a great show for you all today. We will discuss the fan remake of Episode 8, The Last Jedi, take a look at a contentious poll about Lucasfilm CEO President Kathleen Kennedy, and discuss some hot leaks for Star Wars Episode 9. Plus, we'll have Duel of the Fakes, a Tweet of the Week, and some other fun stuff, so don't go away. With me, as always, is IG69. Hello, everybody. Duel of the Fakes Duel of the Fakes Hey, it's that time of week again, IG. Another duel of the fakes is here. Great. I anticipate these as much as my next colonoscopy. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope you don't have to go through that one again. Man, that was messy. This, year, uh, this week is all about Star Wars technology. Here's how it works. I'll rattle off three news stories, and these should all be genuine, fake Star Wars news. However, one of them is actually a real piece of Star Wars-related news. It's just pretending to be fake. You got it? I'm aware of the concept. Well, this should be easy for you now, IG. You're 0 for 2. So are you ready this time? You sure? Sure. Do you want to put money on it? Mm, No. (laughs) Smart man. Okay. First up, scientists have developed Star Wars lasers that can burn targets within half a mile. Mm Mm-hmm. The second story that may or may not be fake is Galaxy's Edge, which is the new uh, Disney's theme park, Star Mm -hmm. Wars-related theme park feature, uh, will have land speeders that utilize hydrofoil technology to transport guests throughout the park. Okay. Sounds awesome. Wait, hydrofoil as in the uh, airbags? I suppose. I mean, I'm not sure how they're going to do it. I'm assuming it's some way to sort of conceal that there's gerbils underneath Mm. driving the land speeders around Mm. with a 400-pound neckbeard seeing pizza okay yeah those poor gerbils and last but not least our third story to commemorate the last jedi's release on digital video and blu-ray google programmers added a controversial controversial new star wars easter egg for its alexa digital assistants Mm -hmm. so if you say the mashup word for the kylo ren ray romance if you say the term raylo which we all know Apparently, Alexa will play audio from one of the duo's like uh, force calls, mm-hmm. like in the film. So when they kind of had that force mashup and the force connected them, it's, okay, it's yeah. going to play audio from one yeah, when, of the scenes. When Snoke was pulling the strings, right, right, okay. yeah, I, that's quite cool. Raylo, mm-hmm. it's like a telephone call, I guess. I'm going to go with lasers. Okay, so you think that uh, the laser thing is the is the real fake story? Well, I think as I read something about um, them actually developing uh, decent laser technology a while back, so I'm all right. Okay. Well, since you've had such a horrible time the last few duel of the fakes, would you like a little bit more background on each story before you decide? Mm, sure. Why not? Okay. Um, well, uh, regarding the uh, the Galaxy Edge uh, story um, with the hydrofoil technology, mm-hmm. Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Uh, you know, it's an it's a way to uh, bring you back to your loved ones. And actually, Disney has also um, added a hologram technology, 
where uh, you give them a picture of someone before the experience. Mm -hmm. And actually at some point at the end of the journey, you might encounter them in like a forced ghost form. So that's quite cool. They've thought of everything, really. I think that technology does exist. However, letting tourists drive hydrofoils would be extraordinarily dangerous and it would make Disney liable for a lot of probably horrible accidents. Well, maybe so. Yeah. That, that's, so that's my feeling on that one. I mean, so that's, you... that's, that's very existent technology. Uh-huh. It's just um, anytime you go to a park, you're on a track. You're, you're thinking... not really allowed to drive yourself. Well, I'm not sure you'd be driving yourself. It might be automated or it might there might be some guy dressed up in a Mickey Mouse Darth Vader costume driving you around maybe. Well, that's not stated and if if you were in it without a without someone driving for you, you'd be on a track, which you wouldn't need a hydrofall for. You would just kind of have a bar stuck right, in the track. Right, right. <clears throat> okay. So you're not going for number two. I'm not gonna go for number two. All right. So then it's between number one, which is the Chinese laser thing, mm-hmm. and number three, which is Wait, the Alexa. Wait, is it Chinese laser or it's an American it, laser? It's a Chinese company. Oh. And yeah, that's the story here. So. Hmm. Yeah, it says that uh, scientists have developed, you know, lasers that can burn targets within within a mile. Within or half a mile. Half sorry. a mile. Yeah, but see, that's all. That's almost already... Like even even from like the ones that used to cut steel or stuff like that, like that they already have lasers that can do that, and I know okay. that they do have um, like a, a type of technology that can sort of. It doesn't look like the laser because you can't see it like a like a red beam hitting okay. you, but they do have lasers that can kind of screw you up. Okay, um, so you're going for number one or number three? Well, what was the, what's the additional information on number three? Well, I don't want to give you too much because I'm afraid I might give it away. So, I mean, I gave you number two just as a hint. Okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to go. In. So, wait, number three, reminder was? About Alexa uh, responding, when you say Raylo, with a bit of audio from The Last Jedi as part of the Blu-ray promotion. I just wouldn't find that to be fun. So, I'm going to okay. go with number one. I'll, I'll stick with number one. Yeah, okay. The lasers. All right. Good job sticking with number one because that is the real fake story. It's true. Uh, actually, it's called the ZKZM500, and <laughs> I was reading that it can actually fire a thousand imperceptible laser beams that mm-hmm. last up to two seconds. Wow. So you're right. The, this technology does exist. So uh, finally, people can live out Star Wars in reality. Except there's no pew-pew we sound when you do it. That's true. We don't need the movies anymore. No. So I guess that can stop the complaints about all the movies well, also. They, that's a good thing. Have they found a way to put it into some sort of portable handheld device that maybe develops a laser beam that only goes a specific distance out of that handheld device? Right. I don't I'm know. I'm just thinking they, that would be really awesome. What they've said is, so I guess I guess the scientists who developed this said that the lasers can burn through clothes in just like a split second. So, I mean, that, that could be good if you're like a I'm warrior. already hot enough to do that. Yeah. So the, the Chinese government has categorized this as a non-lethal weapon. And hmm. I'm not sure, I mean, how many weapons are non-lethal? I mean, uh, quite a few, actually. They have uh, like uh, different sound ones. And of course, like the bean, banks that, bean bags that they shoot out of um, shotguns and stuff like that. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes yeah. sense. I have been hit with Tasers. those before. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you've had, yeah, how many times have you been tased? At least a dozen this sure. week. Sure. I mean, it's your own fault. I mean, stop resisting, Stormtrooper. Yeah. Stop resisting. It, it's almost to the point now where I just have some electrodes set up on my nipples, and so I just say hook in whenever they come mm. up to me, I can tell. Uh, so the, the researcher involved in this weapons development didn't want to be named, uh, but he said that if the targets are wearing flammable clothing, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why you'd ever wear flammable clothing, but if you are, the weapon actually will set them on fire, burning their entire body. So oh. in that sense, it is lethal. Well, yeah, but I mean, if you're naked, you're fine. Well, yeah. I mean, you're going to get a sunburn. I think this is actually... Uh, 
<laughs> more of a sunburn. I think this is actually a uh, you know a nefarious plot by the Chinese government to make everybody uh, strip down to their their birthday suit. Yeah, can't complain about so. that. I already go that way most of the time. Right. I thought you were a never nude. Um. No, 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 no. Oh, I had you in the wrong pot then. No, it's just like weekend nudist. I got it, I got it. Well, since it's so so hot and sweaty down here in this this dungeon that they have us locked down, I, th- mm. I figured you'd be stripping down. But anyway, so there you go. Congratulations, you are now one for three. Good job. Woo-hoo. Yeah. If you have an idea for Duel of the Fakes, you can send them to me on Twitter at StormDuper or WillyBobo, and we'll put your bit on the air. And now, a word from one of our great sponsors. Do you want to make more Republican credits? Sure, we all do. Hi, I'm Salacious Struthers, and I'm here to talk to you about TTC, Tatooine Technical College. Are you stuck in a dead-end job? Would you like to take the next jump to career hyperspace? There is no try when it comes to your future. Do check out Tatooine Technical College today. Students from all over the Outer Rim have improved their careers and their lives by choosing TTC. We offer programs in moisture evaporator design, cantina entertainment studies, and pod racer engineering. Or get your degree. You can major in Rancor Management or Accounting. After high school graduation, my career as a nerf herder was going nowhere. I made the call to TTC 18 months ago, and now I'm an assistant Death Star laser maintenance technician. Thanks, Tatooine Technical College. Tatooine Technical College Online also specializes in long-distance, interspecies learning, and the education of non-traditional students. Hi, is this where you get your meal ticket? Uh, well, my, my name is Herbert, and I... I consider myself a lifelong learner. I, I didn't have a clear idea of what I was studying, but uh, this has definitely helped me keep going. All those textbooks have made great fuel. Uh, I haven't been cold one night since graduation. Don't waste one more season to launch your career. Improve your prospects without stepping foot inside an Imperial Academy. Find us on the internet at www ttcisarealcollege.edu and make the call to Tatooine Technical College today. Well, IG, we have a Twitter poll for everybody this week. Ooh, these are always exciting. These are always a lot of fun. This one comes to us from Willie Bobo. Mm-hmm. You can follow him at Faking Star Wars on Twitter. The poll says, you have the power. I should preface this before I read this because I don't want to assume... That every single person out there is a total Twitter Star Wars news junkie. And I'm there might be one or two people in our audience who haven't heard about the huge backlash against Kathleen Kennedy in the last mm-hmm. few months. Were you aware of that? Um, yes. Uh, the the um, We've talked about this before. Uh, yeah. the, the, the nerd rage against the... The, the Nerdenragen. The Zinnerdenragen. Yeah. Yes, from the, uh, from the, of course, the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, people find them too political or too diverse or, or, too, or, or too inclusive or they killed I, their dreams. Um, yeah. Yes, but they bring up a lot of the things that we uh, we pull the prequels for because they're horribly written movies. Yeah. Now, visually stunning, horribly written. Um, and then they've uh, 
continue the rage against anything that's not original trilogy, which... Yeah, now, now George Lucas seemed to think that, that Kathleen Kennedy was up for the job. And let me let me give you just a little bit of I don't of her... think George Lucas cared at that point. I think he delivered... He saw $4 billion, Well, think? he saw $4 billion and a chance to dump uh, the, Star, like the Star Wars franchise on someone else and watch someone else take the blame. Because yeah. at this point, I really don't think anything they do ever will be satisfying enough for, hmm. the, for the hardcore fans. Well, just to give this poll some context, here are some of the other movies that Kathleen Kennedy has been a producer on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not differentiating yeah, I think, between... I think we need to know a little bit about this. Like yeah. uh, when we say, because uh, the, the poll is about um, deleting her filmography, so we should know a little bit about her. That's film. right. So uh, some of the films that she's been involved in here, okay, going back a long time, back to like 1981, mm-hmm. uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, she was a producer. Now, I'm not differ, differentiating between producer or executive producer no, here. But she's, but she's, she's involved in the project. She, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, on a little film I've never heard of called Et. Uh, et, et. I think it's like some Latin Roman historical piece. Have you et. ever seen it? Yeah. Uh, what's, the, et. what's the spelling of it? Uh, E-T. E-T. Et. You know, like oh. Et tu, Brute. Uh, oh, anyway. Oh, yes. I, I'm assuming... I'm I don't like historical I films, like, anyway, so I haven't seen it. Um, yes, E.T., the Gremlins. historical film. Yeah, ooh, nice. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple mm-hmm. of Doom. Uh, the Back to the Future trilogy. Okay. She did. A lot of fans for that. The Goonies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, any child of the 80s loves The Goonies. Oh, yeah. Uh, they are going to do a sequel, I heard, recently on I, that as I, well. I really hope not. Lightning in a Bottle, like The Goonies. Well, I mean, uh, people have said it doesn't stand the test of time, but uh, I still enjoy it. And I think, again, when you if you grew, it's a kid's movie, so when you watch it as a child, I think children relate to it, adults less so. Uh, see, my greatest memory from The Goonies was uh, in seventh grade when um, they called me Sloth, and I thought it was a compliment. Yeah, well, I mean, Sloth was a great actor, a great, great character. I mean, Oh, so it sure. was a compliment. Yes. I mean, okay. Yeah. Oh, good. I still call you that, but not because you're just slow moving. Okay. Just okay. because you look like Sloth. Got it. Right. A uh, little film called Schindler's List. Schindler's List. I'm mm. assuming it's about some sort of accounting firm. Yeah, mm. something. Uh, Jurassic Park, of course. You know, uh, so she's been involved in some fairly, fairly big films. Oh, and a few, and a few duds too. Like she was in Congo, sure. or, uh, or, and, uh, or not in, but you know, she was producing like. Yeah, she's involved in Congo. Um, a, a few ones that weren't particularly. The Lost good. World. Well, eh, mm, you know, it's you kind know. of, eh, you know, but still decent. Whatever. I wasn't a big fan of. Um, War of the Worlds. I thought the first half was awesome, but yeah. it kind of fell apart at the end there. Yeah, it, it was got like, a little kinky, you know, when they have all those appendages going down the basement. Uh, yeah, I mean, bits, you know, it was it's War of the Worlds. You know, I mean, it's a radio show they tried to put into a movie. It had good bits and bad bits, but it was generally generally a satisfying movie. But yeah. you know, not perfect by you know, by any stretch. Sure. So here's the poll: You have the power to mm-hmm. remove Kathleen Kennedy from Lucasfilm mm-hmm. to save Star Wars. Yes. Right. Uh, Star Wars is in crisis mm-hmm. and it needs saving. Uh, however, doing so will also erase her entire filmography from from existence. Yes, so it's like the Thanos glove, yeah. bink, Boom. it's gone forever. It yeah. never existed. All There's of no her influence of in the world is yeah. gone. So what do you do? How do you proceed in order to save Star Wars? Hmm. Would you do it? Oh, for me personally? Yeah. You know what? Let me tell you after you've uh, read the results there because okay. I think I have an opinion on this. Well, we do have 142 people who participated in the All poll right. this week. Uh, so what do you think? What do you think the results are going to be? I'm guessing that a lot of them said yes. 
You know, they did. I actually thought it would be more of a landslide, but it was only 60% uh, saying yes, they would. So 60% would get rid of all of the Indiana Jones franchise and everything else in order to save Star Wars. That's right. Uh, Now, keep in mind, this is predicated on the fact that anyone else could save Star Wars, which, I mean, let's be honest, how many people have screwed it up now? I mean, we have a long list now of people that have screwed up Star Wars. So it may simply be that making other Star Wars films just isn't going to work. That's another possibility no one's considered. Yeah, Stormtrooper, I think we both agree that Star Wars is not just a movie. It's something that has captured the imagination of people in a way that uh, no other film or film series has uh, ever done. I didn't know there was anything besides it. I mean, you say just a movie, but for me, that's all there is. No, but... but it's my it, life and blood. It's, it's clearly, it's clear. Like, I mean, obviously, we do this. You know, we take our free time to do this, and uh, we care about the franchise. <laughs> You're not getting paid. Yeah, no, we are <laughs> right. So, I, I'm sorry. I there's been a terrible mistake. Unless you've been getting all those free coffees, and I have not been receiving any share. But, yeah, um, I'm, I, but I'm not okay. sure. I, I didn't try to pull one over on you. But sorry. we, uh, but okay, we both we both are passionate about Star Wars, right? And a bit, a, a bit, bit, just a bit, just a bit. But, um. Uh, so we, I think we can agree that it's elevated above the common film, um, fi- the common film. That well, it's you like I watch. tell people, I say, you know, there are movies mm. that I love and then there's Star Wars. Right. Because, and the reason, the reason it's different is, is because Star Wars is more than a movie to me. Right. It, exactly. And, and, you know, the thing is Gone with the Wind's a great movie. Um, you know, Inception was a great well, I know whatever. Actually, I'm kind of mixed feelings about that. But the point is, there are great movies out there. There are movies that people like. Yeah. But there's not many movies that people follow in the sense that Star Wars gets followed. Sure. Now, when I saw the original trilogy, you know, and I was too young to see it in theaters. Um, I, I watched them on TV and then got uh, VHS tapes and then Blu-rays and, and all that. Um, those are, are kind of lightning in a bottle. I feel that that the magic of those is it's a perfectly told story, but almost by accident because they didn't have a fully flushed out universe at the time, and it went through a number of directors and a number of number of hands, and it was an, a project that was an amalgamation of different minds coming together to form this really great product. Sure. However, when they created the prequels, they basically tried to uh, George Lucas tried to you know erase the other visions that had helped make the Star Wars universe and just, just focus it on that original idea that he had had and, fl- and tried to flush it out a bit more for us. We didn't like that because it was a rushed, lazy, poorly written product um, that completely went against everything that had happened in the other movies. Many of, many of the decisions in the original series, George Lucas didn't have a, uh, was or wasn't, fond of he, he didn't mm-hmm. appreciate the way the other directors had taken the story even though so he, you're saying that the fact that like boba fett died for example or the something well, like well, that but, but the, this is not just in the prequel thing because in the prequels they don't deal with boba fett but well, they right. sort of do i mean he's there as a kid and they made him a clone for some reason because you know whatever c-3po was made by darth vader fine just we when people complain that uh the prequels ruined star wars they have a point of you have a great story and then they took the most mundane details of like who cares what factory or where C-3PO came from. It's not important. But that detail was then explained in the stupidest fashion possible. 
But yeah. then we have these new movies. I've noticed you have a little bit of uh, animosity against the whole uh, Anakin Star Wars as the maker with C-3PO. I, I think I've heard you there mention were, it there, at least twice. There were so many other ways that that, in, that entire series could have been handled in a logical way. And, you know, as like, again, uh, I, I, I have a story of going to see the first showing, mm. like the amount of time and effort I took to, for me to see the very first showing of The Phantom Menace. Like it was, I did that out of love for the movies, and then you I still hard. had hope for it. When you know, before I saw Attack of the Clones, and yet, well, you know, anyway, we got that final product, and there's nothing we can do about that. These new movies are not the works of art that the original trilogy was. They're different. They're different, but they are fun movies with likable characters, and. I'm never going to say that they are, that they have that same magic, but that they don't ruin the ori- the magic of the original. I, well, the, that's the question, right? The Can something is, that was good in the past still be good because something else came later that was different? Right, but this is I mean, where it's kind of like. Uh, but this is where a prequel can ruin something it's because like it if actually you order, influences the story that came first. Right, but it's like if you order a pepperoni pizza, yeah. for example. And it's really, really delicious. Mm-hmm. And then that pizza shop decides to start serving a different kind of pizza. Mm-hmm. And when you eat that pizza, it has a different flavor. Mm-hmm. And it's not the same. And so you don't like that pizza anymore. Well, but you can still order your, the pepperoni. Well, this is why I don't like right. Lucas's... Well, um, I still do order like pepperoni Not releasing the, the original series in its original version. Because a lot of the people who love Star Wars... Just want to have an updated technological method of viewing the yeah. original movie that they like. So you're basically saying that Kathleen Kennedy should release the originals, and if she did that, oh my god, that would be amazing. But so I don't think she's got that decision. Um, I think, but she is the CEO of Lucasfilm. I mean, she could do it, right? I think George. What's would stopping have, George, George? George would stop that. However, um, I don't think he has any say now. I think he still controls his original products. In that sense. Hmm. I mean, because they're still updating, um, uh, like digitally screwing with all of the um, originals. So I think I think the problem is like the new ones maybe aren't up to par for some people. Yeah. But and these, some people loathe them. But also, like, I'm also a Star Trek fan. And I had to watch the way they redid Star Trek movies, you know, for the Captain Kirk version, right? And it's, it's nothing like the originals. But I can still put that aside and say I enjoyed this as a movie. I just don't think it's true to the original vision of Gene Roddenberry and like? the original series. But no, it's, no, it's, what's that like when you can when you can just put that in your mind as it's just a movie? What what is that feeling? Do you need to take medicine for that or how how does that work? No. Okay. Again, we talked about the Star Wars original series as being more than just a movie. However, I can take the um, the Force Awakens and um, Last Jedi and enjoy the movies because right. I, I I didn't watch them and say, "Oh, I hated this." I'm not freaking out about pink hair. I'm not freaking out about Admiral Ackbar dying. I mean, for God's sake, he was in a tiny bit of one movie. Well, like when I watched The Force Awakens, the whole time I was very well aware like, that there was well, no Jar Jar Binks in it. How, but I enjoyed it in spite of that fact. Like, how I, I happy, was okay with it. How happy were we when The Force Awakens came out and it just didn't completely suck? Yeah. 
Definitely. All we wanted, all we wanted was just a movie that didn't make us feel awful while we watched it. Yeah. Because as Star Wars fans, we're going to watch it. And when you shove a horrible, stupid movie in front of us, we're going to watch it. And we're paying to see something that is substandard, but we're going to pay to do that anyway. And how nice is it to see a movie that doesn't completely just um, take our money and, um, oh, I have to keep this PG, um, shall we say, um, spit in my face. Sure, I think that's a good good way to describe it. So these movies are not perfect. They have some horrible flaws and some stupid ideas, but all of them have. And maybe they'll never recapture the magic of that original series. But well, one the, of the stupidest I, things they did I, was they didn't kill off Leia in the second in, in episode well, we, eight. We both agree on this. And we what both, what like, were they thinking? She was dead already in real life. So why didn't they kill her? I mean, now now what are they going to do in nine? I mean, she's already CG, dead. CG Leia. I mean, fine. If I had been the director and one of my leads died, I would have killed them in the movie. Right. Well, I mean... Yeah, we both talked that. Some I wouldn't have even. Plan. Okay, I, I wouldn't. I would not have even cast her in the movie to begin with. I mean, because she's dead. Oh, I, do, I just don't get it. She, you're you're aware that she was alive throughout the filming of the movie, but barely. Bare, well, I mean, whatever. Um, the point. The point is, I don't. I do not get um, the rage coming from the from from the new movies. They might not be what you want, and you can be disappointed by that, and you can not like it. You don't even have to go see them anymore if this new flavor isn't your thing, because it's not ruining anything that you do like. Hmm. And so to take, uh, so you're your, fairly inclusive. So when to it take, comes so to, to the take new your, movies. but so to take your rage over the color of an admiral's hair, or um, I mean. The stupidity of a particular plot going on to a gambling planet, which was, I mean, okay, it didn't, it wasn't a great idea. I mean, they really Mm -hmm. should have um, started that, the second movie, months or maybe years after the first movie, like they do with every other movie. But because they started it immediately thereafter. um, They had to do something, right? Yes, and and, and the idea they came up with maybe wasn't the best idea, but it wasn't like I sat through the movie and hated the movie. I was intrigued with the movie, and I was surprised by the ending. I didn't see that coming. Um, I had a lot of uh, expectations. and um, Were mean, they subverted? I mean, do you remember when we were predicting the movie, just kind of jokingly? and we like the, the I thing, don't joke about Star Wars, and, IG. Right, but we got the like the Porgs right, that they yeah. were smuggled onto the— like they, They're, they're nesting, like, on nesting on the— Nesting on the—yes, because right. um, anyway, um, you know— uh, and we also got Luke Skywalker's force projection. Right? Well, we did. Oh my God! Right, because he could. Go I hadn't from read any place. anything yeah. about yeah. that. You no, know, I think that just shows what a great fan I truly am. Exactly. That's see. That's why I'm offended because I haven't been consulted in how to make these movies. Kathleen Kennedy has never called me up and said, "Hey, what should we do to make this movie fit into your very narrow, clearly defined expectations?" Hmm. Nobody has asked me, and I take that personally. And so. As I know that you would be okay with uh, keeping Kathleen around, but as far as I'm concerned, screw it. Get rid of Schindler's List. Get rid of Jurassic Park. Get rid of her trilogy of Back to the Future and Indiana Jones. I don't need any of it. Just get her out of Star Wars and save it for my children. I see. Uh, but you would have to have some to begin with. Well, they're forced children. Okay. Tweet, 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 tweet
Well, this week we have a tweet from a new contributor who mm. we haven't uh, haven't dealt with before. This is the famous German director Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll? Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. Uwe Boll. Are you familiar with his work? I am not. Strong really? Enough. Well, you should check it out because he is a fantastic, fantastic filmmaker and also a great restaurateur, by the way. He has a restaurant in Vancouver. Mm, you should check it out. Interesting. I should actually go there. Yeah. Yes. So uh, Uwe Boll uh, has been in touch a little bit with uh, with us. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, we, we kind of follow him on Twitter. It's mm-hmm. really what it is. Um, but anyway, uh, he said, Ahmed is not only the best, he is the beast. Darth Jar Jar in the flesh. Uh, talking about uh, Ahmed Best, the uh, actor who played Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, his performance capture was used uh, for Jar Jar in, in the prequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. This is timely. And interestingly, I don't know if Ube Bol uh, put this tweet out before or after the news came out that Ahmed Best said uh, after the trilogy, mm-hmm. there was a point in his life where he, he really did commit, uh, or wanted to commit, really wanted to commit suicide. Uh, he felt like he had the vitriol he had received so much hate mail, uh, he wanted to kill himself. And and so this tweet kind of captures that and says, you know, no, he's a beast. He's, Dar- he's Darth Jar Jar. Mm. Uh, I, and what do I, you think? I understand this. And, uh, okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you like the character of Jar Jar Binks? His character, to me, is very one-dimensional. And mm-hmm. I don't really like the arc in the so, movies that he has because it doesn't make sense to me that a stupid Gungan like that would get involved in the Senate. Uh, you know, that that to me just feels like a right away. Like right. they, 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 they so, develop the character and then they're like, oh, we got to do something with him, get rid of him. So, that's so what they whose did. fault? And when you watch a movie and you see a character you don't like in mm-hmm. the movie... Is it the actor's fault or is the person who wrote the actor's lines and directed the actor to say those lines? I think it depends. Now, in the case of Jar Jar, I thought Ahmed Best delivered a flawless performance. Um, he was I mean, asked to to throw to fall on a sword and to play an idiot character, but he did a fantastic job. I can't fault Jar Jar's acting. He never he was consistently Jar Jar. Yeah. And whether you like Jar Jar or hate Jar Jar, Jar Jar is a character that he brought to life mm-hmm. you might not like that character and i certainly don't no but i don't hate the actor because the actor gave a good performance sure i think the problem was what was his purpose he he, he basically not didn't the actor's do anything fault. it's not the actor's fault that's right. the director's fault absolutely that's the producer's the writer's fault. fault that's the writer's fault and unfortunately in that movie <laughs> those three, three people <laughs> are the same guy yeah. So thanks, so, Uwe Bull. Uh, we yeah. really appreciate uh, you know yeah, your thoughts and, on this. And Ahmed, um, I mean, uh, I'm sorry you went through that, but um, no hatred here about you. You're welcome um, on the podcast yeah. anytime, Ahmed. Best. Oh my we'll have God. You on tomorrow. I, I would yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I would love to hear some of the behind the scene things. Um, uh, we do from have the therapy Jar Jar programs. We have therapy programs in place that those we can are also aromatherapy. Help. It's not quite the same. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, but. Um, I mean, don't blame don't blame the guy for doing a great job of a bad character. At the time, remember that hadn't been done. I mean, there were very few movies where a person stood in for a digital character like mm-hmm. that. And, so he and, did a great job. Hey, I mean, but I understand the character of Jar Jar. I mean, there was a lot of bad acting in that movie, but Jar Jar wasn't bad acting. It nope. was just a horrible character. Yeah. So when you don't like something in a movie, don't necessarily blame the person who. You know, put on the costume. 
words to live by. Exactly. IG, uh, the biggest story probably the last few weeks in uh, the Twitterverse, the Star Wars Twitterverse, has been uh, this new website. Uh, the website, actually, I don't even know if I should read it online on our podcast, but I'll go ahead and do it. It's remakethelastjedi.com. Mm-hmm. Now, are you familiar with this group? Oh, sure. It's actually a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> yeah. So there's a huge Twitter movement. Mm-hmm. A lot of people... Uh, Shall I say threatening to remake the Last Jedi or trying to remake the Last Jedi? Pleading to make the re- remake the Last Jedi. Yeah, so they've they've got the organization, they have the the mouthpiece, mm-hmm. and they claim to have the money. Oh, and so they're trying to go ahead and actually raise more money. Well, I, I don't really get much, it. How much money do they have already? Well, <laughs> according to the website, they have. Right now, uh, $401,770,510. Wow, because, you know, I mean, as an eccentric millionaire, I've personally already donated $400 million to that site. Oh, so you're the reason for this? Yeah. Okay. Well, now it's, I'm glad we got that straightened out because I was a little bit confused why they were still asking for money because, I mean, I think every Star Wars film has come under $250 million, at least, so... Yeah, but we really want to make this one awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, and definitely, definitely after the movie's made, I am good for the money. So, why do you think now for this movie and not any other Star Wars movies? We've seen some, you know, pretty stinky Star Wars films over the years. My personal uh, favorite for worst is Attack of the Clones. Didn't hear a scratch for a remake. Uh, Nothing. Nothing about remaking the prequels, nothing about remaking Rogue One, or even the Clone Wars animated film. Why The Last Jedi? I'm not entirely certain. I think um, you know some people weren't happy with the way Luke was dealt with, but I've always kind of wondered about like which fans are angry at the new movies. Are these the fans of the prequels, or are these the guys who just you know uh, are fans of the originals um hmm. i'm not 100 percent certain you know it's strange it seems to me that people who like the prequels seem to be the ones who hate the last jedi i know a few that you know don't like either of them sure those people do exist um and i think just some are just contrarian and believe it or not uh, i know this may come as a shock to you there are people who don't like any of them oh yes there's actually a number of people out there who think that wasting your time with star wars is an infantile endeavor yeah. Uh, so let's not get into those people no, because no. Uh, clearly I haven't seen, crazy. I haven't, clearly crazy. Well, I haven't been to see my therapist for the last week, so I'm not sure I can handle that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Negative Nancy is not welcome here. Right. Maybe the Luke angle we could explore that. Mm-hmm. I I thought uh, my first reaction was yeah, Luke was a bit underused. Um, Luke was of course my childhood hero. I had all the Luke figurines, and I I understand you know the fans expected him to have not changed. He he didn't seem like the Luke we remember at the end of Return of the Jedi. He seemed like a character who had transpired and gone through a lot of events over 30 years and had completed more of a story arc. And I, I just couldn't accept that drama. No, he was definitely not the Luke we remember at the end of um, uh, Return of the Jedi. No. He, he he was very much like uh, more like had just given up and gone hidden somewhere like some tiny green guy or something. I don't know. He was... He was very much, you know, Yoda. Seemed a bit like Yoda, yeah. A depressed Yoda. Huh. I guess the thing, 
a lot of the arguments that people have made about how Luke was used so poorly, I can't really get behind because they say, you know, oh, he was a Jedi. He wouldn't have done this. He wouldn't have disobeyed this. He wouldn't have done that. I mean, Luke... But Luke, he was the only Jedi. He had no... Well, he left, remember, he left Dagobah in the middle of his training to selfishly, in a sense, save his friends. Right. And at the end of The Last Jedi, what did he do? But he left what he knew he had to be doing, which was keep himself in in remote uh, silence. He left to save his friends in the end. That's actually what he did. Right. So uh, for me, it worked. Well, also to save his father. Well, right. Yeah. Right. You mean in Return of the Jedi? In Return of the Jedi, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, in uh, Empire, yes. He, he left to save friends, <clears throat> and um, he actually endangered the mission by, you know, he knew that Vader was there and that Vader could sense him, and he goes on a stealth mission. So he did a lot of dumb things in the original trilogy, I think he is did, the point yes. we're trying to make. Luke is a little bumbling. Right, and he's, uh, well, he was untrained. And, he's not um, perfect. Unsure. No. So I think that fans somehow expected him to be... Like Obi Wan Kenobi can do no wrong, maybe, and then when they didn't get that, they got really irritated. Yeah, I can see. I can see how people would um, would feel that he was sort of underutilized and he wasn't um, as amazing. He should maybe. Okay, personally, I wanted him to take a more active role. Okay. Maybe be less unwilling to train Ray and to maybe do. Uh, some more personally heroic action uh, against the First Order. You know, I, I mean, I knew they were going to kill him. That, sure. That, that was, uh, that was, he was never going to make it. None of the original cast are making it out of the movie. They, in Star Wars, once you reach a certain age, you get killed by the Empire or whoever the evil is at the time. So, That's, this yeah. is the way of things. Yeah. This the is way the, of the Force. It is known. I mean, so, Yoda himself said that, right? I'm pretty so sure. So why do fans expect anything different from Luke Skywalker and The Last Jedi? I don't understand why people are so so pissed off about that. I, I think it's because like, he had just kind of given up and lost all hope. Um, but then so had so did everyone else. It, it, it really seems like um, like most, most of the heroes from the movies are either died when they were young or when they got old just kind of hermited themselves. I think that's a common theme, you yeah. know? Uh, you get old, you get detached. Well, and, and it works for me. But Obi-Wan actually wanted to bring the, the Order back. Uh, Yoda didn't really seem to care. I mean, he did, but, you know, he's too old to do the training, and even though there was literally nobody else. I think Obi-Wan needed some redemption, you know? Uh, that's why he wanted to train Luke. Uh, because he saw the evil that he created in Darth Vader. Hmm. But I also think that Luke sort of learned that lesson and wasn't trying to undo what he did with Kylo. You know, he he realized, well, I can't just go on continuing the errors of the past. He was, in that sense, like the best Jedi there ever was because he wasn't trying to control everything in that sense. No, and, and obviously, you know, once... Um, it, it was hard, It would have been really hard to write uh, the scenes for Luke because um, it's either would have been like considered uh, really cliche or it was going to be disappointing. There was really no no way to win on that. And also there would have been too many storylines because already we have to follow the story of uh, the new characters. Mm-hmm. And I guess people didn't like them, but for, for what it's worth, they were set up fairly well in The Force Awakens. And if you believe in you know writing good drama at all, you have to follow those character arcs through. Right. I so, mean, maybe maybe the introduction of Rose was superfluous, but... Um, I personally didn't like her character very much, but 
you know, I, I don't like women, so. Well, yeah. um, this explains a lot. Right. So uh, from, the, from the angle of Disney, you know, uh, they're certainly aware of this effort. I mean, they're not shaking in their shoes here. They own the property. It's not going to happen without their support. But, um, you know, the, the website has said, so you go on the website. Have you been on the website? Uh, yeah. I, have, I have briefly perused it, yes. So you go on there, you type in any email address at all. I mean, it could be real. It could be fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually, I'm doing it right now. I'm typing in my email address, and it says to choose your pledge total. I'm actually pledging money to this website right now to remake The Last Jedi, and I can pledge up to $10,000. And I actually do this every day. Every day, I get up in the morning, and I pledge $10,000 to, uh, to this initiative. Yeah, but you're only at like a maximum of 1077000 I'm already at 400 mil. I'm clearly winning this fight. Right. But but do you think that that has anything to do with, with uh, why they seem to have raised so much money? And why did you give them so much? Well, um, honestly, I just like to uh, troll. Okay. So wait, you're saying that this whole action is just a troll job. It does not real. It's all well, fake? Obviously. How can you make a movie without the rights to make the movie? Yeah. And well, even if they... you did, who's directing it? Who's producing it? Who gets the creative control? Because anyone who wants to do this is going to run into the same problem. Yeah. I mean, okay, let's just imagine that this happens. What movie do you want to see? Yeah, well, see, that's what I want to see. The The poster that came out for the movie is exactly mm. what I want to see. Luke Skywalker with ripped, greasy, buttery abs. Mm-hmm. Okay, like hot dinner rolls, And man. like a dirty, hairy gun. Ray is in the kitchen actually mm-hmm. making space cakes. Mm-hmm. And I have fantasized about that a lot. And there is an actual triangle Death Star, like three Death Stars put together lined up Ooh. flying through space so yeah it's it's what i want to see i do want to see this movie so well i mean we all want to see this movie yeah do you think um here's the other thing i i was thinking uh a lot of angry fans a lot of upset fans what if uh somebody came along and they started their own website here with the same kind of pledging um algorithm where you can go on put an email address totally anonymous and donate as much money as you want like, I was thinking about getting online and making a website devoted to, like, say, for example, the fact that there was no triple uh, X rated love scene between Rey and Kylo Ren in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, you know, here's my site. I'm arguing for why it was, you know, a good Star idea. Star Wars After Dark. Exactly. Now, do you think that my idea would have the same kind of success that this has had? I might donate at least $150 million towards your um, endeavor there, Stormtrooper. Cool. So, so basically, really, fans are just very keen to give mm-hmm. their money away, I guess, is kind of what we're coming up with here. What, like real money? Yeah. No. Okay. So you're just saying that they're all big liars. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. How can you be so heartless and, and you know, dubious about fans' intentions? Because I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> well, there you go. If you want to see that, uh, you can get on the interwebs and check that uh, out, the remake of The Last Jedi. We here at Faking Star Wars, we have nothing to do with this fake story. The views expressed in this public service announcement are entirely representative of all the views that might potentially be unexpressed anywhere other than Faking Star Wars Radio or FakingStarWars.net. In these times of strife, an old nemesis has emerged to threaten the stability of the galaxy. I am, of course, talking about Death Sticks. Since the rebel scum have disrupted the order throughout the galaxy, the flow of death sticks and other illegal narcotics have become a scourge in every neighborhood and cantina throughout our glorious empire. The Senate has been powerless to tackle this plague on our way of life. 
Therefore, our great leader, Emperor Palpatine, has declared a galactic war on Death Sticks. Now, some of the liberal naysayers out there have stated that Death Sticks can have medicinal uses. However, our own studies have concluded that this is false. I turn now to one of our expert scientists in the field. Guten Tag. I am Dr. Wilhelm Bobofreud from the Grandmoth Tarkin Narcotics and Chemical Castration Research Facility. After spending decades, billions of credits, and much personal experimentation on the effects of death sticks, we have scientifically determined that death sticks are bad, okay? Also, the best way to avoid the effects of death sticks is to simply say no to them. But in these dark times, there is hope. If you or someone you love has fallen under the influences of death sticks, please report yourself or them to the nearest Imperial Re-Education Center. And we're back. This week we have something a little special. In here in the studio, besides myself, Storm Duper, and IG69, we have Gemma Fett. Thanks for joining us again in the studio, Gemma. I'm not Gemma Fett. I'm Gemma the Hutt. I thought today you were Gemma Fett. Ugh. Can't make you, up my mind. You said you were, you were pan nomenclature, I thought. Anyway. <clears throat> Sorry. I've been eating too many uh, Minox. Uh, we have a leak, <laughs> ladies Ooh. and gentlemen. This is a bona fide, possibly true, possibly fake leak. We'll be the harsh judge of that. Yes. Um, this leak comes to us from the interwebs somewhere in the nether nether regions. Uh and boy, is it a doozy. Uh, the guy who posted this actually produced one of the nearest uh, to accurate leaks for uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. So there's reason to believe this has uh, some potential to be true. Well, the nether regions are where all the good leaks come from. Yes, <laughs> uh, especially especially my nether regions. So uh, just a few little interesting clips here. And we just want to give the listeners a chance to hear this leak and to appreciate it in all its glory and actually discuss, you know, speculate, see how much truth there might be to this. So it starts with uh, five years after The Last Jedi, starts like A New Hope or Return of the Jedi, Mm -hmm. okay, with C-3PO, R2-D2, and BB-8 wandering through the Tatooine Desert. So similar to New Hope, Return of the Jedi, I guess. It brings it full circle. Yeah. And then they're going through the desert, and then the ruins of Luke's house. As a backup plan for the rebels, he hid plans for an ancient Jedi defense weapon that can cloak and move entire planets through hyperspace. (gasps) Sounds like an interesting idea. Sounds fake. Well, I like the idea of being able to move a planet just because it sort of changes the power of the Death Star thing blowing up. Hmm. Blowing up planets, they have to do something different, I think, right? So would this um, would this uh, device basically just allow the planet to escape a Death Star? I think so. I mean, it cloaks it, so it can't be seen. So, yeah. Hmm. What do you think of the likelihood that this is real? I feel like, you know, if they could move a planet, they might move it to the wrong place. You know, too close to the sun, or another sun, or too far, and everybody freezes or bakes, and uh, fake. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, they don't usually get into the technicalities of things like this in Star Wars. I mean, it's science fantasy, not science fiction. Uh, so I, science fiction still has rules. Science fantasy, Gemma. Ugh. So for me, for me, that part is okay. I, I can accept that part of it. What do you think about... 
I think it would just change the appearance of the planet. So, for example, if it was a little bit closer, it might be turned into a desert world, a little bit further away, turn into an ice world, or right mm. at the distance, turn it into a forest world. So Tatooine could suddenly become lush and full of life. Huh. Well, it could be. That would be interesting, redemptive, mm. you know, if you look at it from that perspective. Actually, the thing about Which would le- cause all life currently on the planet to die. But. <laughs> right, right. They couldn't stay on the humidity. The thing about this leak for me that seemed the most uh, impossible to leave was the part about Luke's house. Hmm. And I'm, I'm just nerding out. I didn't out. even think he liked that house. Oh, but what he house? wanted to get out of there. Well, yeah, I mean, what his house he aunt and about? uncle's house was destroyed and probably then, yeah. you know, um, taken over by someone else at some point, probably rebuilt. But uh, I, I know in some of the fan fiction that uh, he went back to Obi-Wan's house to reconstruct his green lightsaber. Yeah, well, that's actually in some of the cuts from Return of the Jedi. Actually, they did do a scene of him building and completing the green lightsaber. And Mm. so I think that is canon that that he went back to Ben's house. I'm not sure if it's Ben's house or just a hovel of sorts. I thought it was Ben's house because Ben had a forge there that could um, uh, do the kyber crystals. No, that would make sense. So, okay, so the part about it being Luke's house for me, I'm not so happy about that. I don't think that's real, but... It could be. There could be some truth to the cloaking bit. That would be interesting. What color milk do you think would be there? Ooh. Well, uh, hitherto we've heard purple. Mm, That's I been think the purple rumor. is the rumor, so, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so getting on with this leak, there's a bit other, a few other things I'm going to skip over, but uh, it's a Snoke is alive. Of course. Big spoiler. Sorry about that. But in a regenerative chamber and is extremely weak. That's usually what happens after you get sliced in half. Well, I mean, that's what happened to Darth Maul. So did they give him a robot upper half or a robot lower half? I don't know. It, it turns out that he's been teaching Kylo since The Last Jedi as well. The First Order has swelled in size, practically enslaving the entire galaxy, with what looks like military concentration camps set up on different worlds. It's very ambitious for a five-year mm. plan. I think, uh, but that's sort of where they want the First Order to go. Mm. I think it's going to be, yeah, it, clearly at the end of The Last Jedi, there's not much holding them at bay. So mm. that that's believable for me. The concentration camp part, meh. Uh, I, I don't know, but they are basically Nazis in space. Right. So, so Very I'm Very effective. So far, I'm saying about 80%. You know, I think mm. most of this sounds pretty credible. Snoke is alive, though. That that's the one thing I'm not happy about. Well, you know, Abrams, you know, put Snoke in there, and then he was removed. So Abrams is taking over again. So he might want Snoke back. And if Darth Maul can be cut in half and fall down a shaft thousands and thousands of feet and live, why not Snoke? But Snoke teaching Kylo, what what's up with Maybe that? Maybe against his will. Ooh, because I didn't think mm. those two got along. That was my impression. Is it possible that? I mean. I have seen the movie only 19 times. Is it possible that in The Last Jedi, Snoke is not aware who controlled the lightsaber to kill him? Could that be a possibility? I mean, because the first time I saw it, I thought it was vague, actually. I had to watch it again to realize that it's definitely Kylo, because after it happened, I thought, wait a minute, is it possible that Rey is the one who did it? So maybe that's what Snoke thinks. Or perhaps that was all part of Snoke's plan. To get cut in half. Yes. Okay. So Kylo and he had conferred on this from the very beginning. Oh, absolutely. It's just all part of one master plan. Brilliant. Brilliant master plan. (laughs) Okay. So uh, it says that uh, the droids recover the plans um, and Poe brings them back to Naboo. Why? Well, let me get to it. Let me get to it. The rebellion is now based on Naboo. See, Abrams did say he's going to bring it full circle. Uh, and there's really cool, so that, 
I mean, who, the person writing this really cool scenes, that, that's mm-hmm. very descriptive. That alone for me lends this a lot of credibility that they said really cool scenes, right? And Naboo has very cool places to film cool scenes. Yeah. So really cool scenes of the Naboo temples all run down and overgrown with vines. Oh. Ooh. That detail. So Naboo has vines. been abandoned at some point for some reason? Maybe the Gungans and the Naboo had a falling out. Oh. Per se. I would only be excited about this whole thing if we can say Naboo like Natalie Portman as Padme. Naboo. We must Naboo. Mm. Yeah. Well, does that mean maybe Natalie Portman will be back for I this one? I hope not. As a force ghost? Hopefully. There has the ever. There, Did she just, regain the will to live after she was in the grave? Well, and the other thing is they've been trying to be very culturally inclusive. There's never been a female force ghost in in Star Wars. The main they uh, need one then. The main canon mm. films. I mean, I guess Yaddle, but nah, she's not been a force ghost. No, she hasn't. But I mean, like, I'm trying to think of like um, female Jedi masters. And I mean, Natalie Portman had no ability to use the force or was a Jedi. But you know, I don't think. Um, I think force ghosts have just become a thing. Anyone can be one now. Right. Well, here's here's the big the big point. The big root. Do you guys want me to tell you or not? Yes. Sure. Really? Yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, yeah. Absolutely. No hesitation there. Sure. Either one of you. We love Let's spoilers. Spoil this. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't. I don't even. I don't even want to. I don't want to guess at the next movie. I just we don't even know. need to see the movie. We'll just you know. Okay. Well, that would make if I charge you guys ticket prices, that could help mm-hmm. as well. It, seriously, though, if you guys are out there listening and you don't want to get spoiled, turn it off right now and come back in in about three minutes. Supposedly, the big reveal is that Kylo's new apprentice is none other than Rey. <gasps> yeah. Like a romance? Well, when well. they take when they take the helmet off, it's alluded to also that Snoke is Darth Plagueis the Wise. Well, that's already been guessed at since Force Awakens. Yeah, but it's been finally confirmed. Uh, so that was J.J. Uh, Abrams' original vision. I think it has to be. You know, I, I hope that he really just decides that um, he doesn't need anyone else in this movie, and he just writes, directs, and produces the entire thing. Uh, that's always worked well in the past. Hmm. <laughs> no input whatsoever. No. Yeah, right. No. Yeah, no perspective. So mm-hmm. wait, when he and takes his helmet off, everywhere. does that mean he has a robot lower body? When Snoke takes his helmet mm-hmm. off? Why would Snoke have a helmet? There's no helmet? No, Kylo takes his helmet. Oh, Kylo takes his helmet. Ah, So he's got the helmet back again. Well, maybe it's a different helmet. I thought he gave up the helmets. His helmet got smashed to bits. I hope he makes a larger, oversized Vader version of the helmet. Like a bobblehead. Like like a giant one, like in Spaceballs or something? Yes, like a Darth helmet. Yes. That would be... Amazing. I think they should just make his helmet have a helmet too. It could be like a little mini me or like one of those dolls. What are those? Uh, those squishy. Nested, like, wait, the what are those called? Nesting dolls or? No, no, the little pop dolls that they have. You know that they make like a million characters for sure. all the Star Wars characters. Have a little pop doll helmet on top of the other helmet. Oh. Yeah. It'd be like a little kind of perverse Siamese twin. Thing I think going he's on. given up on helmets. <laughs> yeah, I'm calling shenanigans. Maybe Ray has the helmet this time. Hmm. Well, after Phasma died, there aren't any female characters with helmets. No, there are not. So, okay. Or I mean, is this Phasma really needs- dead? Because we saw her get dumped down a garbage chute, and then a planet explode, and she totally got out of there alive. This movie needs more helmets. I think she's coming back. <laughs> in fact, I mean, you know, maybe Phasma is in fact the true Sith Lord. There, we've never had a female Sith Lord. We have not. 
I, I don't think so. I, I watched too much of the making of the movie. I know why that character is there. Kathleen Kennedy basically saw the development of Kylo Ren's costume. And one of the development uh, uh, piece of artwork was that shiny Stormtrooper costume. And oh. she saw it in the meeting. And literally she goes, what's that? And they were like, you know, told her. And she's like, that has to be in the movie. So, like, seriously, she literally came in and said, uh, put that in the movie or you can't make the movie. Okay. Well, it isn't a very awesome costume. It's awesome. Yeah. Hmm. But that's why she's there, and that's why she's basically peripheral to the whole plot. So they needed just (laughs) someone to wear the costume. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good way of writing Underutilized costume. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thankfully, she didn't have any character to to underuse. So so last week here, uh, back at Luke's grave... Ray decides to use the resurrection power that she has learned. I guess she's learning how to raise people from, from, oh, from the ancient Jedi texts. No, I think she learns it actually from Darth Plagueis. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So get this. Uh, she knows that doing this, she might die in the process. And the final scene is her in immense pain with Luke, Luke's ghost watching her from behind. And uh, Ray ends up becoming a Force ghost, and Luke becomes physical again. Oh, that would oh, be... Oh, no. Bad. Yeah, this is spliced with a new Naboo battle scene being won by the Rebellion, and they use this cloak weapon to cloak the planet and trap the First Order fleet in permanent hyperspace. Okay. I thought they might just Wait, throw planets at them. So the planet is just, f- like, flying through hyperspace? Yeah, I suppose they just use it to trick them to go to, like, a nether part of the universe where Uh nobody can escape or something i don't know and the final shot is luke's hand on r2 in front of a double sunset i guess i'm presuming on tatooine with ray's ghost qui-gon obi-wan and anakin all watching young anakin or old anakin it doesn't specify but i'm assuming they would go with uh, the young anakin yeah because i don't think that actor's alive anymore he he died a long time ago but i mean you could see that it's not wrong to CG a force. They, they could take the bit that they edited out of Return of the Jedi, Jedi and, and put, put it, it in. Well, because Anakin's been dead for a while, so clearly he's aged. Right. Force ghosts <laughs> should age. Yeah, that's true. 30 years or so. At least. So yeah. if Ray becomes a force ghost, what about our female lead? Well, I guess this would be her climactic, uh, heroic moment. And then what? Well, we have three more movies with Luke Skywalker because he's been back from the dead. And the fans get what they want after I, all. I think he's had his day. I they think should, this is a way of Lucasfilm. I think this is a way of Lucasfilm basically saying to the fans, like, you should have trusted us. We didn't destroy him. You know, and they're just mm. going to have to, like, eat so much crow. Because that's been all the anger the last year or so. Is it's all a fake. It's yeah. a fake out. The whole thing has been fake from the beginning. I think this is going to kick, kick a lot of butt. I'm excited. Faking Star Wars Listener Mail. IG, this week's Listener Mail comes to us from Tashua Drank. Uh, he's actually on Twitter at quickfire4372. Uh, by the way, if you want to send us Listener Mail, you can get us on Twitter, uh, or you can call our call center in Kansas City, which is actually deluge now with calls from people all over the world since we've started the podcast. But we will try to get your call on the air. And we do appreciate them. Absolutely. So... Tashua Drank says, if you could be any alien from Star Wars, which would you be? 
Hmm. How about you, IG? You already kind of look like an alien. I mean, mm, yes, yes. Um, assassin I, droids and aliens share a lot in common. Well, I mean, if I wasn't a droid, I guess um, some sort of biological entity. I don't know. I was thinking at first the Suma Verminoth, the um, Ooh, the big. giant space squid from Han Solo. But and now, are you trying to compensate for something? I mean, that is one of the greatest, largest monsters in the entire Star Wars canon. Well, you know, I need something to match my blaster size. So, I see. Um, but then I was also thinking, um, maybe a sarlacc. You know, you get to hang out in a pit all day and digest your food over centuries. The you don't do much. Yeah. yeah, he has a he has a good palate, actually. And he so. does. He does. He only digests the finest bounty hunters. That's right. Mm. Uh, for me, actually, I would pick something a little bit more existential. Uh, from Star Wars Episode One, mm-hmm. a Phantom, uh, the Phantom Menace. I would choose the goober fish. Oh, why the goober fish? Well, uh, first of all, I like that scene underwater. It's the first Star Wars scene underwater, I think. Uh, I always hoped for an underwater scene in Star Wars growing up. I, you know, took my figures and created scenes like that. I actually sent out storyboards of that scene to Lucasfilm years before it was even recorded. And lo and behold, they put it on film. I didn't get any credit for it, though. No, I mean, you invented the Gungans, right? Yes. Hmm. Yes, that was me also. Uh, but the uh, the gooberfish, it was it was a moment in the movie where I I realized that I was going to die. You know, it it's was good to lo- face your own mortality. Yeah, yeah. And that moment when Jar Jar said, "Ooh, big gooberfish," I realized that death is real. Mm-hmm. And and so I would like to be that, so I could bring that and dis- and bring that to other people. Yeah, not just real, but you know what? Not not even that bad, really. <laughs> Well, after seeing that movie, yeah, I guess anything would be better. So there you go, yeah. Big gooberfish. Hey, IG, that was a fantastic show this week. I am exhausted. Excellent as always. Oh, man. Well, tell the listeners where they can find us. You can follow us at Faking Star Wars on Twitter and Instagram at Faking Star Wars and on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com, Real Faking Star Wars. Hey, and if you guys have any questions for us, we've been getting a lot on Twitter, but keep them coming because we'll read the good ones every episode. Use the hashtag, uh, hashtag FSWRadio, and if it's really good, we promise to read it next week. There's been a lot of buzz about some of our new t-shirt designs, so go ahead and check them out on T. E-E-E, that's T-E-E public, tpublic.com slash user slash faking Star Wars. You can also get to that from our website, fakingstarwars.net. And I'm telling you, some of these new designs, IG, are absolutely hilarious. I can't wait to see them. And we don't press many, so get them while they're hot. Uh, IG, uh, you can follow me at Duper Storm, and I know that people out there in the Twitter sphere are looking for a way to follow you. It's been quite a quite a thing the last few weeks. I, I think I've repeated uh, I don't prefer to be followed um, just wait outside my um, window in the bushes like a normal person okay if you like what you hear and want to give us a hand uh, please support us at www.ko-fi.com that's ko-fi.com slash faking star wars buy us a virtual coffee this costs a lot of money to produce this podcast here. We've got a very expensive studio right next door to Abbey Road Studios in Liverpool, and that really helps us to keep it going. Stay tuned to FakingStarWars.net every day, where we're bringing you quality Star Wars comedy, parody, and satire, and also some recipes in the future. Thanks to all of you and our followers for listening. You're the reason we do this. And of course, may the foe be with you. See you next time.